Welcome to the At Leisure Podcast. This is a show about sports, video games, movies, and just basically the things we do with our leisure time. My name is Brett, and I'm joined today by my good friend Isaiah. Thanks for filling in today. Uh, just tell us a little about yourself and, and why we should listen to what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say uh, thanks as well for uh, having me on. I'm thankful to have this opportunity. It's been a, a long-awaited awaited arrival for me. But that said, uh, <laughs> I I have played sports you know, all my life, mainly football, football. I fell in love with that uh, pretty early on. I mean, if you have anybody has spent any time around my family, uh, they would quickly know if you are not a football fan and a football fan of the Cowboys, you will you will be disowned. And so born and raised a Cowboy fan, uh, always been around, like I said, all kinds of sports played all throughout high school. Uh, football was my main sport, but I also enjoyed baseball. I can't say that I enjoy watching it anymore, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I do, I do enjoy when the Rangers are in the world series, even though that comes with heartbreak. Oh uh, man. But yeah, so just played sports all my life. Still enjoy, uh, being around sports. I mean, play pickup basketball every week and, and, uh, just love it. I mean, it's a big part of my life and, uh, it's, it's formed a lot of who I am today, uh, just with character for development and all those things. And also right now, just, uh, good old associate student pastor in, in West Texas, just doing my thing. So West Texas, unfortunately that does not make you a red Raider, but, uh, no, we'll see one day. Maybe I don't want to be. So (laughs) it's a hard life. You're already a cowboy fan. I I wouldn't wish it upon you. Exactly. So you're also in that fantasy league that keeps popping up in this, uh, (laughs) in this podcast, uh, still seeking, looking for your first win though. Not quite on Spencer and I's level yet. Okay. Well, let's, (laughs) This is why I will never put my fate in Christian McCaffrey again. Last year was my year. I mean, had a great season, was in first place all season, had Christian McCaffrey go out once, and I was like, all right, he's back. Here it is, my ride to the championship, and then goes out, and I lose. I think that is a common story for people. You you put it in the wrong guy. It's Cooper Cup all the way now. Cooper Cup. Uh, I'm riding him again. Yeah, he hadn't had his breakout season yet. <laughs> Fair. So I think I'll put in the the time codes for this episode, but we're gonna start off talking about college football like we usually do. I've gotten Isaiah watching. We've gotten Isaiah watching a little college football, so I think he'll have some good input there. And then uh, we'll go into NFL where we'll just talk about the teams, what surprised us so far, each kind of division and and whatnot. So you can skip to that if you're just a, a pro guy, which I know some of y'all are. So. I guess we'll start with the first game uh, that you might have the most investment in, which was Baylor-West Virginia on the Thursday night. It was the true Thursday night game, yeah, that's what I like yeah. to say. Well, listen, I think any any game besides uh, NFL that is going on on Thursday night is going to be more entertaining at this point. <laughs> that's the truth. But, uh, yeah, definitely got, some, definitely got some stake in the game. It's funny, it's uh, – my wife is a Baylor alumni, but her grandfather is actually a WV alumni. So uh, we had oh. a good time uh, going back and forth. He he likes to claim every year that WV spikes uh, Baylor's Baylor Gatorade with some moonshine. So they must <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. What is it? This is the sixth sixth time that they visited West Virginia, and they've lost every single time. I believe so. Yeah, and uh, I felt like it. You know was going to be a different different fate for them this this year with uh, the way that Shapin was playing. I'll say I wasn't a fan of them releasing Bohannon. I loved him. I thought yeah. he was a QB, but it looks like they knew what they were doing, especially with that uh, true uh, or redshirt freshman, I'll say, coming in and still being able to take over the offense and play 
play like he did. I mean, he did well. You could tell that they were not necessarily holding anything back on that offensive scheme. They were letting him do it. But, uh, I mean, shaping, I mean, had over 300 yards up to that point in the game already. He was having a career game, and you're like, okay, this is what they saw. Yeah, this is why they let Bohannon go. Absolutely. Bummer for shaping, for sure. Yeah, ridiculous play, too. I mean. It's ridiculous, yeah. Why, why, why does any player go down? But then you, again, how can you argue that, though, when Kenny Pickett fakes something like that when he's a, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah. what, what, what are you to do as a D-back? I think in this play, he was dumb about it. But a lot of times, defenders are trying to go as low as they can. And that just means that when they slide, they're going low. The quarterback's dropping their head low. I mean, it's just a... Yeah, I don't know how you fix that. But like you said, drones came in. He put he looked pretty good, especially at the beginning. I was like, oh, they're not missing a beat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was making some. He was dropping some dimes, and so I was like, well, I can definitely see then because they were like, even if we don't have shaping, we're gonna want this drone kids to play. So Bohannon, Absolutely. you're just not in the future. Yeah, which you know, I I think I've said it in the other pod podcast. I, I respect that from Aranda not stringing this kid out. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it's it's hurting them this year. I think. You know, I thought y'all, or y'all, I thought Baylor might pull away, uh, but West Virginia's defense had that scoop and score, shaping's yeah. like one mistake, but it was exactly. a big one, and Very it hard. saved the game from swinging all the way in Baylor's favor in the second quarter. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's when I uh, had to, you know, eat some of what I was already talking to Jameson's granddad before, and say, you know what, they probably actually did do that. So I'll give <laughs> it to you there. The moonshine kicked in. When I talked about college football, trying to convince people to watch college football, I said that the defenses are actually pretty good in the rules, just like favor the offense a lot more in college and the time. But I will say this was not the game to watch if you want a defense. Both yeah. teams had over 500 yards. <laughs> they looked like old Big 12 football. Yeah. Man, Tony Mathis was having a career day, just running down down Baylor's throat, 163 yards. I, even before the game, I was talking to my wife. We were watching the game together, and I was like, man, I am not a fan of West Virginia's running back. I've never seen him do anything good. Yeah. And then after the game, she was like, that was a that was a bad take by you. I'm like, look, it was a career game for him, okay? Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, he popped off. He heard me. Yeah, I mean, nobody was expecting WVU to come out the way that they did. I mean, they had – I will say, I called that in the last podcast. I called this, this yeah. win. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, again, I mean, it's it's hard to not call a win win. Baylor had a five and zero record up to that point at that at that stadium. So zero oh and five, you mean? Zero oh and five. Yes. They never won there. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Zero oh and five. Pardon, pardon me. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would have put my money on WV. Wouldn't have made my wife happy, but I like to tell her that Baylor's a cult, anyways, and try to face the truth sometimes. <laughs> Um, we can move on to the next game that was yeah. going on at the same time. This first slate of games is really good. Honestly, the whole the whole day was a great weekend of college football. So I agree. I agree. They, they had some big matchups. First one's Penn State, Michigan. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I think the Big Ten is the weakest conference <laughs> right now. I think it is, they're very top heavy. Yeah. Uh, and I think this proved it even more. Like Penn State is supposed to be the third best team, and they just got Rick rolled by Michigan. Yeah, I mean, when I uh, turned this game on and you know started watching it from the beginning, it seemed like it was going to be an actual close game. I mean, Penn State came out strong and they looked like they could. They were setting something up for later in the game. And well, it was it was weird because to me, I was like, so did you see at halftime? Penn State had run fourteen plays to mm-hmm. Michigan's fifty plays. Like right. Michigan looked well, like and, the better team. Well, yeah, and and it was such a close game at halftime. You know, it was a yes. one, one point game at halftime, but. I mean, Michigan had over, over, I think, 13 first downs. Yeah, it was still a one-point game. It was crazy. 
I mean, you, that's what happens when you get a pick six and then you get one big run and then you score a touchdown like in three plays. Exactly. And then it's like Michigan doing their thing of the methodical drives, methodical drives. So mm-hmm. the whole time it was like, oh, Penn State's lucky to be in this game. Right. They better take advantage. And they did not. Yeah. Well, yeah. Michigan finally was like, all right, we're going to we're going to really pound this and and show you that we can beat you this way. I mean, Corum, that running back, he had any any Michigan games, but, you know, the announcers and everybody else were just raving about him. And I mean, rightly so. That kid is absolutely a stud, small, but thick and can put his head down and get through the holes. I mean, it was it was cool to see. It was him and even his backup, Edwards. They both had over 100 yards. They were yeah. just both. It, sometimes I would confuse them. Like, who who's in the game right now? They both look so good. That's a, that's a little scary. And I will say, Clifford came out in the second half, and I thought, okay, they're going to play well because he was making some sweet throws, I right. like dropping dimes. And he threw a beautiful ball early in the third on a fourth down, and his receiver just couldn't make the catch. It was, a, it was kind of a tough catch, but... You know, you got to help your quarterback out when he's throwing such a good pass. Then the next play, Michigan broke a huge run and scored. Yeah. I think that was the swing. Like they were done after that. It made it 17 to 31 and it Absolutely. was over. Depleted. So, yeah. Uh, you got anything more to say about that game? No, no. I mean, I, I will say I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, I know your, your take is Big Ten is, is pretty weak and all those things, but I'm looking forward to seeing if Michigan can finally put it all together and actually make a run in the, in the playoffs, but we'll see. I feel like it's always so high of hype, you know, when they come out and start having a season like this and it is short lived. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's all about it's all about that Ohio game. Yeah, exactly. Uh next game, Kansas, Oklahoma. So Oklahoma got that got that upset win over Kansas. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. What a topsy turvy world. It's crazy to say that it's on Kansas, but indeed it was. And they came out and they looked like a different Oklahoma team than they have throughout this season. It looked like, yeah. It's amazing what one player can do to a team. Yeah. Or what's on the name, what's what's on the back of a jersey. I mean, they were they were playing unified, so Yeah, true. <laughs> those unis those unity jerseys are nasty. Yeah. Oh, they're gross. Yeah. I mean, when it started, Kansas looked ready for a shootout. I mean, it was quickly like 14-14. Both teams were just spinning the ball. But I'll I'll say I think the difference between this Kansas team with Daniels at quarterback and with this Bean kid, this Bean kid, he can make the throws, but he turns the ball over more. And, like, you can't win a bunch of football games turning the ball over. And I bet that's why he didn't get the starting job this year. Right. Because he looks – I mean, he's good, and he's the fastest one on the field when he's playing. Like, he's so quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he's a. It was a good player. I got to watch him as well in the in the game versus TCU, and when he came in after Daniels went down, and I was like, you know, kind of the same situation with with shaping going out and uh, the other coming in. And so I was watching him, and I was like, man, I mean, they're pretty confident having this guy in the in the offense and being able to run it. And he is a good player. I mean, you can obviously tell. You know, he he deserves to be at a D one school and to be on scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, but again. There was that whole thing of there's the, the mistakes definitely cost the team at times. And you can tell that uh, those mistakes begin to add up pretty quickly in this game. And the score was 52 to 41. So if you're OU, you're still not feeling great. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. um, we won at home, but we had to score 52 points to do it. Exactly. You know, like our defense is still very suspect. And at least their offense with Gabriel Davis looks so much better. But I say it every time I watch OU give the ball to Gray. Like you cannot give Gray enough touches. I think he's their best player. Every time yeah. I see him play, I just I just feel that way. I don't know. I'm sure the coaches know that too. It's just right. 
Um, I think he's good. Yeah. Um, well, they've had such a struggle too at like really trying to stay with a QB and, you know, really figure out what that looks like for them with, you know, the old Lincoln Riley cut bait dip. Let's get out of here. I'm taking everybody with me. I mean, <laughs> losing Caleb Williams, losing, losing Spencer Rattler. I mean, that was a huge hit on them. They really weren't prepared to, to have someone come in and step in that role as quick as they needed it. So the, the drop between Gabriel and their next quarterback is, is worse than so far. I've seen any, any backup quarterback, like they could I, not do anything against Texas. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I agree. And that's where I'm like, listen, <laughs> stick with that wildcat. If you're going to put somebody else in that QB in <laughs> wildcat formation, because that, that backup QB is not going to It's just it. not it. So well, talking about Texas, we'll jump, jump into their game, man. I tell you what, Quinn, Looked bad in the first quarter. He was missing wide open receivers, one on fourth down that would have been a touchdown that would have like changed the whole complexion of the game. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that anymore about Quinn Ewers. If he'd have been there, he'd have been he'd have been winning all these games. I mean, hey, okay, let's not. He's go good, but he's is good. Yes, he didn't play that good. They should have lost this game. <laughs> they were at home and they won twenty one to twenty four. Yeah. If Hutchins catches that ball, it's a touchdown, and Iowa State probably wins this game. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a Big Twelve matchup here. I mean it's those are always going to be close games, and so I know Texas, you know, is a little bit overhyped with the ranking. I, I'll say this: growing up, I was definitely a Texas fan because of Vince Young and the USC game against Reggie Bush. I mean, there was no way that I was not going to be rooting for the Longhorns growing up. But that said, I've come to now realize that. Uh, Austin is not the greatest place in the world. It is definitely not the greatest city of Texas. Just going out there. I love Texas. But uh, listen, there's a reason why Austin is weird and has earned the title respectfully. But that said, I mean. We yeah. don't have Ashton on the, the podcast to defend Texas right now. So this feels pretty good. Exactly. Exactly. But that said, I mean, yeah, Big 12 matchup. So it's always going to it's gonna be a nail biter and all that. Texas definitely has some some overhype as they always do, but especially now with Ewers back. And like I said, I think he is a good player, but he just has. I think he's good, that. but the drop between him and Card is not as big as uh, people would like you to think. Right. And I right. will say the I think the reason they won this game easy is Bijan kind of took over in the second half. In this that th- this kid. Bijan. is so good yes I, I absolutely and i mean even his backup both yeah roshan is great also yeah both we said it we say it over and over but yeah those are good backs absolutely yeah they they really should have rode them more i knew at the beginning they weren't having as much success but they came out of halftime and just ran it down iowa state's throat oh my and goodness. they were stopped only because they decided to start throwing the ball when they got into the red zone and yeah. they had to kick a field goal it just it kind of swung the game a little bit. Yeah. But again, they got the win, and that's what's important. So. Yep. Absolutely. Now they'll uh, jump up about six spots in the ranking somehow. <laughs> exactly. Beating the Iowa State team that won a single yeah. Big Twelve game. Exactly. And they'll talk about how Quinn had such a great game. It, anyways, anyways, <laughs> uh, let's go to Bama Tennessee, which is what the game. game. What a game! There were so many good games, but this is the game that's going to get the most attention. Oh yeah. Fun, fun game, but it cracks me up because the Big Twelve used to get crapped on for the amount of scoring that we did and the lack of defense this game was just offense out the wazoo there was no defense being played yeah i mean and it's obviously something that is in some ways an anomaly with bama i mean Uh uh-huh oh first time first time they gave up 52 points since like 1906 or something yeah i mean absolutely crazy and then i can't remember the other stat it was you know they hadn't been 
at a deficit of 18 for the past, you know, 20 or something games or something that's like insane. that. insane, yeah. Like, so crazy, just crazy that Tennessee was able to do what they do. But it's, I mean, that quarterback for Tennessee is a stud. Hinden Hooker, man. He'd be my pick for Heisman right now. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. And, I mean, he had Tennessee rolling at the beginning of the game. I was like, I hope Alabama gets blown out. I hope yeah. they do. And then and then it swung. Tennessee's offense got stagnant, and Bama started rolling about halfway through the second quarter and just scored five consecutive consecutive drives they, they scored in. And I got worried. I'm like, Bama, they were having so many – they were doing the same thing that they've done all season where they're just getting played with penalties and making mistakes. And it's like they were still going to win again. I, I, was, I couldn't believe it. I thought Hendon made the two mistakes that were going to cost them with that interception and then that that read option handoff that they fumbled and gave Alabama a touchdown on. I just thought. I I was like, you know, I didn't have a lot of stake in the game, but again, it's Bama. Yeah, you just want them to lose. (laughs) So, I mean, I had as much stake as anybody else did that didn't go to Alabama. So, I was kind of beside myself when I saw that happen. I was like, well, that's the game over. You know, (laughs) you make a mistake against Bama, you don't win. Yeah, you know, Alabama got down to having to have a field goal to win it, and they missed. And then Tennessee got a field goal, and they didn't miss. Yeah, so. well, that was that was the whole thing for me. I mean, you know, Bama kicked that field goal, and I was like, okay, well, you know, Tennessee's going to go out there, kneel it, take it to overtime, and we'll see a game in OT. And they came out like, you know, we're we're coming and we're winning, which I love. I did love it. It was it was great. It's like we got the guy. We're going to go win this thing. Yeah, we're going to show you why he is the front runner yeah. and why Bryce Young is not. Man, did you hear about their celebration? <laughs> the field goal after? Post. Yeah, they threw the field goal post in the river. Oh my gosh. Did you what did you see like the actual clips of them taking it out of the stadium? It yes. Crazy. <laughs> It's I wild. Love, I love it. I, mean, I love it too. That's the stuff, man. That's the stuff. I just love college football. People people there have a core memory that will last them a lifetime. Absolutely. There are people that are going to be Tennessee fans because they were at that game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just preface this to the listeners. Listen, I am not a college football man. I mean, I, I love, <laughs> like I said, I grew up around football. I love it and I'm going to watch it. But I much, much prefer NFL over college football. But that said, there will be something said about this podcast. Brett has not changed me, but he has definitely influenced me to watch more college football. And I will say, let's go. (laughs) It has been entertaining. So if you're out there and you're just a pro sports, don't don't skip to the show. Don't look at the show notes. Don't skip to pro. Listen to the college. Thank you, man. So that that was awesome. Fun time. And, and did you see also that those field goals don't work anymore? So they're they're asking the alumni to pay for new field goals. <laughs> I did not see yeah, that. they get, they're taking donations. There's a there's a sixteen dollar donation option to symbolize the sixteen years that they hadn't beat Bama. Yeah. And then there's like a fifty two because they scored fifty two points, and then like a a really big number to symbolize right. how many people were at the game. So. <laughs> just cracks me up how they're trying to get creative with it like please pay us back <laughs> yes you took our field goals <laughs> on top of rushing the field which also yeah <laughs> giving them a fine yeah those those fines are such jokes oh i know i i mean listen they are ready to pay it regardless so it exactly is- and it's like if it's such a bad deal stop showing it on your network so much you know exactly. like literally it's on every highlight yeah so. i mean that field was covered covered in orange there was no part of green that you could see after that game it was an awesome scene 
Awesome scene. Yeah. The next one, Oklahoma State, TCU was happening about the, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just two two games that lived up to the hype, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I loved this game. I mean, after I learned UT was not my favorite team once Vince Young was gone, <laughs> I then jumped to TCU just because I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and it was the closest thing to me. And listen, they called themselves Christians, so I was all about it. <laughs> Dude, I, it took me so long to realize that it was Texas Christian University because the yeah. TCU fans I knew uh, weren't representing. Let me just oh, say it that way. There's, it's not just the ones you knew. It's, it's probably ninety percent of them. So, yeah. <laughs> the reality. But yeah. So uh, anytime TCU is on, I'm gonna try to uh, definitely make an effort to watch it, which absolutely irks my wife because i also like to say they're the they're the real christian school of texas but that said again uh it was a it was a fun game definitely definitely lived up to the hype i mean sanders what a what a qb he is a stud as well i mean he can play some football he is playing so different this year though i mean mm-hmm. sanders he continues to make plays with his legs like that has not changed but he is a game manager now yeah. Like in the past, he would just sling it, try to go for the explosive plays all the time. He would just—he was a reckless quarterback, and it was fun to watch. But also, like as a as a fan that roots against him constantly because we played them a lot. I liked going against Sanders because I always felt like he could make a backbreaking play for his team. Like he could sure. really ruin it for him. But he doesn't really do that often anymore. Like now, he just he takes what the defense has given him. But it's causing, I think for teams to hang around like he's yeah. playing so safe so conservative that they're not pulling away from anybody they might be better but there's not many explosive plays mm-hmm. and then at the end of the game when he tried to make that explosive play he underthrew it and looked yeah. like his old self and they picked it off and and they kept him in the kept tcu in the game yeah because i mean at the beginning i mean they scored on their first two drives and i thought is this gonna be a blowout yeah i, I mean it definitely looked like it was going downhill quick for tcu i mean it looked like okay you know, the Kansas game was, you know, two undefeated teams matching up with one another, but it was Kansas. So TCU should have won that outright. And then you come to this game, you're like, okay, TCU may not be as as good as we thought. Exactly. Exactly. But they show that they're resilient and they know how to play some football and they're disciplined. I mean, that quarterback, Duggan, he, he knows how to what happened? He was exactly. he's, a, he's a different quarterback. They exactly. said it on the they said it on the on the broadcast that I didn't know is that every year he started he's been injured in some way. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is Max Duggan who he's always been and he just he's just been hurt, you know? Yeah, but I'm yeah. like this guy he doesn't look anything. He didn't even win the starting job. Yeah, exactly. The other guy had to get knocked out for him to play. <laughs> But, yeah, but now he, he now he's a Heisman contender. Exactly. I mean, undefeated Big Twelve. They are yep. looking to move up. I mean, I'm sure they, they haven't played great. tech yet. So, well, listen, let's not get our hopes up there either. <laughs> At least your hopes, my hopes are are fine. I would have been happy if uh, Tech lost to whoever they've played. It was a bye week. It was a bye week, so that we couldn't lose this week. If you say so, but you know, I'll have you back on when we uh, beat TCU and ruin their season. So on this game, though. I thought TCU was – we were talking about TCU being in trouble early. They finally got a stop, and then they muffed the punt, and Oklahoma State got the ball back. And mm-hmm. their defense held them to a field goal, and I felt like that was humongous. Yeah. Because it didn't it didn't go 21-0. to It was 17. Like, they were still in it. Uh, and then both defenses stepped up in the second half of the game or so. Like, yeah. they made it a field goal fest. There was a bunch of field goals. I, 
I think or until around nine minutes, there wasn't a in the fourth, there wasn't a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then TCU made that touchdown to make it 30 to 23. And TCU scored and stopped OSU and they played for overtime. I don't they know did. how you felt about that, but I did not like that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, you know, you look at the Alabama Tennessee game and, and that's I what mean, you I, expected. Exactly. I was like, yeah, let's like go down, try to win the game. But then I also understand, I mean, you know, you do want, you just came back from a huge deficit. All momentum know. was on TCU. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. All of it was there. Uh, but that said, Sometimes they just don't got that dog in them, and so uh, had to settle for the <laughs> overtime and and had to had to make it happen. Hey, it worked out did. for them. Yeah, yeah it, it worked did. out for them. It did. It did. I mean, when Oklahoma State had to kick the field goal, but it was fifty three yards and they made it. I thought, shoot, is that going to keep the overtime going? Like that is such a huge field goal. Yeah, yeah. And then it didn't even matter. TCU yep. was just they had it figured out that second half. They just scored. Yep. It was good. Oh, another the last note I'll say, unless you've got more to say, is Quentin Johnson for TCU. That mm-hmm. guy is a good receiver. I never heard of him until this year. But yeah. Every time I watch him, I'm like, that guy might be a pro. I would say he's a top three guy in the Big Twelve right now. I mean, hey, listen, we can obviously see TCU knows how to develop a receiver with uh and that being said, convert them into one of the most uh lethal punt returners, kick returners there is with Turpin on the boys. <laughs> with the boys. I mean I was trying to figure out where you were going with that. I'm like, TCU see Jalen Rager? <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh Trayvon Boykin. That's where I was headed with that. Okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah. all deep cut right there. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, I mean listen. Turpin, he is an exciting player, but we'll, we'll definitely get to that. For sure, for sure. Um, Next game, Mississippi State versus Kentucky on SEC Network, so I only got bits and pieces of it. Right. Uh, but Levis was back, and he seemed to make – he obviously made a huge difference, but the game was won due to the run game, and their running back, Rodriguez, that guy popped off, had a great game. I mean, honestly, he was the reason that they won. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I'm in the same boat with you. I mean, don't have a SEC network, but that said, you know, Mississippi State is always uh, entertaining, especially with Leach there. I mean, I love Mike Leach as a head coach. He's just a he's just a character. I mean, he's a nothing, today guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing really too much about him, but you can just tell he loves football and he probably loves uh And he says what he thinks. Exactly. Exactly. And exactly sometimes that's that. really weird. <laughs> He said, though, Mississippi State killed themselves with penalties on the O-line, and I was looking through the tape, and, oh, that is the case. Yeah, They might have lost because their O-line could not stop <laughs> getting penalties. Also, Levis got hurt again, so we'll have to keep keep uh, up with that. He was he came back in the game, and he still played pretty well, but after when they were doing interviews, he had his arm in a sling. So hmm. that's such a big deal. Uh, a lot of people, I say a lot of people, some people have him as the first quarterback off the board. Right. So you gotta going to have to watch that on Kentucky season, like – they're just going to be playing spoiler now after losing to I think it was South Carolina last week. Mm-hmm. So, which just sucks for them. But they, you know, you got to f- figure out a way to win without your quarterback when you're playing the worst team in your conference. So, absolutely, absolutely. And we know obviously this is going to lead to Mississippi State dropping in the rankings. But with that big matchup next week against Alabama, it'll make things interesting, especially if they win, to see what what happens with the SEC championship. Alabama that would be intriguing. I, I just don't see that happening. But no, if it did, no. if it did, I'm right now. I'm real worried. We're about to have a three SEC playoff matchup where we oh. have Bama, Georgia, and Tennessee all in. I'm sorry to tell but, you, Brett, but the SEC is better, better than the Big Twelve. I mean, it's just oh, they are it. top heavy for sure. Yeah, but I mean, and they're just better overall. I'll, I'll admit that for sure. But I still don't think they deserve to have three teams in the 
playoffs. Like that's just yeah. Well, that that's goes, just that goes blocking into off. all into just uh, the mess that college football playoffs is. I mean, yeah, the way that it works. That's hey, but they're gonna have sixteen teams, yes, and that is gonna make things so much better. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, sixteen adding sixteen teams now uh, to what it was is definitely gonna be a plus in in watching watching it because that's the whole Games. thing I mean with college football it's like so hard when it gets to playoff to see some teams that you feel like deserve to be there that aren't in there yes you know? yes so 16 will be good I think it can still be better but it'll be it'll be more entertaining for sure this year yeah and it'll be more fair like more teams will have chances and it'll make the season matter even more right. you know right now that's something I love about college football as opposed to pro football is the two best teams just played the Chiefs and the Bills Mm-hmm. And that outcome really just doesn't matter that much. Right. Yeah, I mean. But can, if the two best teams in college good. football play, like Alabama lost, they cannot lose again. If they lose again, they will not They will not be in the playoffs. Yeah. And, like, that's a pressure that doesn't exist in the NFL. Anyways, it's not college football versus NFL. I love NFL, too. It sounds like I don't. So, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, Clemson versus. Brett hates NFL football. Hates NFL football. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I love fantasy. So Clemson versus Florida State, 30, 34 to 28 Clemson. Uh, Florida kept up with Clemson for the first like 20 minutes of the game and then mm-hmm. fumbled and let Clemson go up 24 to 14 instead of answering Clemson's score. And then after that, it just never felt like they had a chance. Yeah, definitely did not. I mean, the, the scoreboard definitely shows that it was a closer game than it actually was because yeah, yep. absolutely was having their way throughout that game. That said, it will be interesting to see uh, as the season goes on as well uh, what Clemson will be able to do late in the season. Mm-hmm. Matchups. Yeah, and it felt like if they were going to stumble, this was going to be the last game on their schedule really to, right. to have a chance for them to stumble. I exactly. think there might be one more, but I'm not even sure of that. And, I mean, Florida State, they made a valiant effort at the end. Like, they made it to where Clemson had to recover an onside. Right, you know, and at at some point, I that I think, I think Florida State as a program is finally recovering after Jimbo left. Like they have just been in the toilet for since that, right. and they're finally coming out of it. So it's kind of good to see. I think football is a little, or college football is better when Florida State's good. Well, I mean, to at least challenge Clemson. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess that's true. Florida State. I mean, they're kind of on the same uh, tier that Alabama is to me, though. I I will glory in all their yeah, losses. You hate them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm not, not a fan, fan either, but I, I just – I'm tired of seeing them in the toilet when Clemson's just having so much success. I'm like, yeah. I, I like to see variety, and Alabama is the antithesis of variety in college football. So Clemson is starting to become that as well, and that's just – like, I need some different teams in the in the mix. For sure, for sure. I can respect that. Next we got USC versus Utah. It was the last game of the night. Awesome game as well. Also awesome environment as well. There's three field rushes, and this one was probably the second best. Yeah. Uh, USC scored on their first three possessions, and it looked like Utah was not going to be able to hang with them. Yeah. Utah got some key stops to keep USC from blowing it out, and then it became kind of a, a like a you score, I score, you score, I score trying to keep it within one touchdown. Utah's tight end is their second string. Like, Quoth, I think, was the starter. We talked about him in the earlier podcast. That guy was amazing. But he got he's out for the season, and their backup came in, and he had video game numbers. Did yeah. you see this? I did not. I didn't get to watch this game, unfortunately. Uh, so I was just stuck to highlights. But that said, I mean, looking at what he was able to accomplish is absolutely Absolutely crazy. Dude Dalton Kincaid. Crazy. Let's see what let's see what he actually 
his stats two, were that game. 234 yards receiving and a touchdown. 234 <laughs> yards receiving for as a tied in. in. For a tied in. That is I mean, he was their offense. Wild. Yeah. yeah. He was killing it. Uh, so he's fun to watch, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, like, okay, is this guy, the second string, going to, like, go to the pros this year? Like, right. You know, is he going to, like, go from riding pine to being a, a draft pick? So yeah, we'll I mean, see what. With 16, 16 receptions at that, too. I mean, that is. They were just feeding him the ball, yeah, man. Yeah, had some big plays having to get up to 234 yards. That is wild. Yeah, he it was he, he was fun to watch. And, uh, you know, USC's offense is always fun to watch, too. Uh, their best receiver, Addison, got hurt in the third quarter, though, and he had 100 mm-hmm. receiving yards. So we'll have to watch that. You know, he yeah. won the Blitnikoff last year, so yeah, I'll you know, say that's a big hit for them. I'll say I have some stake in you know for what it is in this game as well. I'm Jameson's, uh, which is my wife, her little brother goes to OU right now, and so oh, you know, the hate is strong. The hate, the hate is strong, and I'm right there with them. I gotta support. I gotta support a family. Can't I can't root for for these guys. I did like Caleb Williams, but uh, he's he's on he's crossed over to the dark side with Lincoln Riley. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna glory in this loss of USC. And man, it was such a gutsy gutsy game by utah to make the game tying drive the game winning drive by going for two mm-hmm. so it's so ballsy i loved it at the time i was like this has not worked out for a lot of coaches i've seen lately going for two but worked for them and yeah. the atmosphere was electric oh man the field rush was cool i mean it, i loved i'm a, a sucker for a camera shake of a stadium when it's so <laughs> loud that the camera's like shaking and they can't get a focus on the action i'm like right. okay that place is rocking right now absolutely utah uh, at that you know what a place <laughs> it's it's the best pac-12 environment i've seen in a long time like sure. hands down uh and cam rising He's a fun player to watch. I, I just like watching him play quarterback. He's not going to be like a special talent, like pro prospect, but he's just fun to watch. He's yeah. he's good, and it's part of why I love college football so much. Is some of these guys are just they're just going out there and laying it all on the on the line. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, to have a college quarterback with a QBR rating of a of a ninety two point five. I mean, that's pretty pretty impressive for college football. Granted, all the mistakes that are made, you know, as a as a quarterback, thirty for yeah. forty four. I mean, that's a that's a crazy stat as well with four hundred and fifteen yards. I mean, dude was they they relied on his arm the whole yeah. game and his running. He was their best rusher too, I think. Yeah, it looks like let's see, he had sixty yards, and the next uh, next person only had uh, thirty seven. So exactly, they were just gave up on the run game. They said we're throwing the ball. Yeah, so it was all on him, and he he came through. You know, it was him versus Caleb Williams, and he came through. Absolutely. Although Caleb Williams had five touchdowns, like it's not like he played bad. Yeah, this well, was another game. Again, we're not going to get into Caleb Williams. There's no need for that. <laughs> uh, is, are there any other games you want to talk about? Anything you watch? Uh, I, I'll say the only game that I w- I would say I had any kind of investment in is is the Ole Miss game, which I mean, listen, they uh, they handled their business, but before I you know went down the path of of ministry, Ole Miss was uh, the college that I was accepted to, and and I was ready to go. So whenever wow. they're on and when they play, it's always oh, uh, I did not know that about you. Yes, sir, hotty toddy baby. That's so. pretty gross. I'm not a big. Not a big. <laughs> Listen, this fan. But do you have you seen the powder blue jerseys though? They are beautiful. Absolutely yeah, beautiful. powder blue, man. People go crazy for powder blue. That's just not my style. I don't know. Yeah. The Rangers powder blue uniforms are about as far as I'm going to go with that. All right, I think if that's it, we can jump right into the NFL stuff. Sounds good to me. I I guess we'll start with the AFC East. Got the Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll just say, I mean, we obviously know, you know, who's going to be the dominant, you know, team for the for the next few years with the Bills. And so that said, though, I mean, the Jets and the, the Dolphins, Jets? they are starting to form and, and show us that they can be some contenders, you know, at least at least give the Bills every now and then some trouble. I think, again, the Bills are going to easily be at the top of this division, at least for the next five, six years with Josh Allen at the helm. Uh, with that said, though, it is very interesting entertaining to see uh Selah's defense and the way that they're starting to to get that thing going I mean Quinton Williams was an entertaining player to watch today in those games and with Tua I mean it's hard you know to see the Dolphins get off on such a such a hot hot start of the season and and Tua go out and then Teddy Bridgewater which I picked Teddy Bridgewater up <laughs> as my fantasy <laughs> quarterback and he scored me zero points so uh <laughs> Still hurting about that last week, but that's yeah, said, your fantasy game is struggling right now. Oh my goodness! No, sorry, I, I, bro. I got I got four. Like I said, I got four alerts this past Saturday. Oh, your someone in your starting lineup has just been ruled out, and I was like, "What the heck am I about to do?" <laughs> I had I had actually three players on the Jets in my starting lineup this this week. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Well, that could be good for you, depending on who they are. Exactly. Because uh, my biggest surprise for sure is the Jets. Like, I thought they were on the right path, but I didn't think they'd be four and two right now. Yeah, well, that this was nuts. Thanks to thanks to the tried and true veteran Joe Flacco. I mean, Joe Flacco held the steady the, the ship. Yeah, absolutely. I will say, I think Zach Wilson's even a better fit for them because he's mobile and that line is probably the weakest part of that oh, team. Yeah. I agree. And so he's able to move about back there. But Flacco did pretty good. And the Jets hitting on all their picks, like Quinn Williams you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner, I, I will get to him later. I, I love watching him play football. Absolutely. Uh, Brees Hall uh, was, if you listen to the podcast, I thought he, was gonna, he wasn't going to take over the reins so soon. But, right. I mean, they have to. Like, he's he is outperforming. He's just, he looks really, he looks like the real deal. So I'm For happy sure. about that, even though it makes me look stupid. I uh, I'm happy about it because I just I like out out of Iowa State. I mean, I just he seems like a good guy, and then Zach Wilson obviously might not be a good guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that, those things are questionable. But you know, but as a quarterback, ball. he seems like he might be he might be the guy. You know, like he Absolutely. when he plays, there's something there yeah, for the Jets. I mean, that's just that's just kind of a fun team to watch right now. Yeah. Um, and then my biggest disappointment, obviously, is the Tua injury. Like, ah, talk about great guys. He seems so like such hard. a genuine man, and everyone talks nothing but good things about him. And yeah, just hate to see you. Just hate to see concussions in football, mm-hmm. and just the whole way that all went down just, just seems yeah slimy, very so. very ugly. And man, if I'm the the doctor that cleared that that game that he played and got hurt in, I mean, I am obviously he already lost his job, but. I'm beside yeah. myself, but at the end of the day, some of those things are a part of football. And I, I say, if they gave Tua the chance to play that game, he he would have been in and playing that game regardless. So yeah, you know, just the results of the game sometimes. But it is such a unfortunate circumstance in the ways that it played out. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he's just he'll fully recover. And, and you know, I wouldn't blame him if he wanted to quit, but I think mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna. I think he'll keep going and. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he just has the same success that he was having beforehand. Absolutely. My favorite story is Bailey Zappi. Did you know about him before this year? I did not. No, I not. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people did. I did. I mean, because he's a big college, like he set records in college at Western yeah. Kentucky. And his offensive coordinator is now the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech. So I followed this kid 
And also, he played for Houston Baptist when they almost beat us. They almost beat Tech. <laughs> I could not believe it. And it's because this kid, he is a good quarterback. He was at, like, okay, so he went to Houston Baptist, uh-huh. set records all for them, then went to Western Kentucky, set records all for them. Out of, out of high school, he didn't have any FBS offers. Uh, and many said, due to his lack of talent, he should not be drafted. And then, of course, that means the pastor are like, okay, we'll draft him and prove you wrong. Uh, so they drafted him in the fourth round. And he's playing so well right now that he there might be a QB competition between him and Mac Jones. <laughs> like, he's got – he today he threw 24 of 34 passes, had 300 yards and two touchdowns, and yeah, they won. That is crazy. That is I mean, absolutely crazy. But it's I mean, so cool. I definitely say that that is definitely a cause for a QB uh, – for a QB battle in in New England because they need to figure something out. I mean, he's already outplayed Mac Jones. Mac Jones is throwing pick after pick. Yeah, like, I mean, Mac Jones just seems so uncomfortable on the field. It is crazy. I just don't know. I, I, felt I mean, like last he, year I thought he was okay. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was say. I think last year he was. He kind of was still a little green, and so he was willing to do some things and try to figure out his game in the NFL, but. Like this year, he's like almost like starstruck and doesn't really know what to do and how to make plays happen and just just play football. I mean, he was so he was so great at Alabama because he you could tell he understood the game. I mean, he was a facilitator on the field mm-hmm. and knew that you know he wasn't the most athletic person, but he knew how to make plays happen. But I just feel like all that has just like gone out the window, and maybe that's you know kind of what happens when you come from Alabama to which it seems like it, it should translate pretty well. You know, you come from Alabama under Nick Saban and then into a system like Bill Belichick, it seems like he would have thrived in it, but man, it is definitely not look promising for him. As much as that sucks for Mac Jones, I am just pumped about Bailey Zappi. So. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what he, what he can put together too. You got anything else for AFC East? Nope. Just glad to see Patriots at the bottom. <laughs> Next we'll go AFC West. So we got the Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Um, my favorite story is always going to be Patrick Mahomes. What an amazing, amazing man! And everyone said that he was going to fall off a cliff without his uh, his Tyreek Hill, and uh, he's still just slinging it and playing amazing. And he's just so good. Oh, he's so good. Uh, he would have been my well. We'll get to that at the end. But so he's always my favorite story. Hopefully they win another Super Bowl if the Cowboys don't do it. Gosh, I can't tell you. I mean, hopefully there's some other people that are kind of on the same boat as me that almost gag when you start speaking about Patrick Mahomes and your finger. It's because he's him. good. No one no one felt that way until he just got good, and now everyone's tired of him. Oh, my goodness. Listen. He's already he's already reaching Tom Brady levels of hate. Okay, well, let's, let's be easy, okay? Let's just be clear. I have always been – uh, a fan, whatever a non fan of Patrick Mahomes, but that's it. Whatever he, is, he listen, I I did it with Brady, I did it with even you know kind of jumping in a little bit into with NBA a little bit. I did it with Braun for a while. There's just so much you hate that you can give to somebody, but when they are just showing that they are the most dominant people in their profession, I mean, there's only so much you can do, and then you got to sit back and watch greatness happen. And Amen. That's right. That said, I don't think uh, I don't want to give Patrick Mahomes that status yet, but he is definitely a, a good player. And, he's uh, doing things no one's done their first two <laughs> years of starting. So this is his third year. He's just killing it. So uh, uh, what about you? You got a favorite story there? My favorite story is uh, seeing Russell suck as bad as he is. <laughs> That's my biggest surprise. <laughs> yeah, Dude, yeah. why is he so bad? What happened? I don't know, but I guess Pete Carroll knew something that we all did not and was glad to let him leave. 
the hate for Russ right now is getting out of hand. Okay, I get the man is corny as all get out, and I I like that because I like how that's his personality. Like, oh my! But like he's just it? a but corny, corny man. But is it his it has personality? To be. At some point, it has to be. I don't I don't know if it is. I think he's just trying. Well, but I don't think that is him at all. I mean, this dude he goes, is... He goes, he goes to a children's hospital every Monday and just spends hours there with these sick children. He is not a bad guy. Oh. He is never... The, the hate for him is getting too personal. Well, listen, I, it's I'm not... I'm surprised at how much he sucks. It's not that I hate Russell. I, it's not that I hate him. I think he is a good guy. But it is the level of cringe that he brings to his life... And that I just can, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. Like, I can't tell if he is doing it because he knows that it's going to get him attention and build again, his, his just uh, reputation up. Or if he is genuinely trying to be this person that he is not, (laughs) it is just so cringy. Yeah, it is. It's terrible. It's terrible. I, I don't know. It's it's wild. Definitely my biggest surprise. And then I'd say my biggest disappointment is obviously how bad the Raiders have been and just the coaching of the Raiders. I feel mm-hmm. like they make some decisions every yeah. game that I, I just shake my head at and I'm like, you're you're hurting your team. You're costing them games. Yeah. So Which is kind of crazy. I mean, because, you know, head coach, OC, former OC of the of the Patriots, it seems like he would be able to, to Dude, get into Patriots. That. that Patriots coaching tree after Belichick just never yeah. seems to pan out. Does I mean, not, does not at all. We'll but see yeah. if he this. I mean, it's too early to tell with him, but oh, so yep. far, I'll say biggest surprise too. I mean, Keenan Allen still being out with this hamstring. Dude, I mean, oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't know what the heck is going on with this guy. Which I don't have him in fantasy, so I don't have have much stake in him but i mean i'm i i want to see herbert being able to open it up and really start slinging the ball i mean i know he is you know he's still making plays and making it happen right but keenan allen is a big loss absolutely especially you know everybody doubling down on mike williams and shutting that down i mean there's only Mm -hmm. so much so much herbert can do these other guys yeah yeah what is that I saw a thing the other day. I'm like, Brian Robinson got shot and came back faster than Keenan yeah, Allen's coming back from this Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. But I, I am yeah. looking forward to to seeing, you know, what ends up happening in this division. I mean, I think the Chiefs are going to win it. Uh, but that said, I mean, I, I don't put it past the Chargers, you know, making a wild card and, and making some interesting things happening in the AFC. Yeah, it's a it's a fun division. Uh, all, all of these teams, except for the Bron- I. Even the Broncos are fun in a, in a way, yeah. in a gross way. They're kind of fun <laughs> to watch. So, for sure, for sure. All right, let's move to the AFC North. What an absolutely boring division to me. <laughs> I just don't. I don't care about these teams. Oh uh, my goodness! Got, what a you got what anything? A take. I mean, all I'll say. I mean, you, you, there is the entertainingness. Uh, the entertain- I take it back. I, I think I might have to take that out of the podcast. <laughs> I'm looking at this now. Ravens, Bengals, those are fun. Browns are always a story. Steelers, yeah. got Kenny Pickett now. I take it back. What's the next? No, I was thinking AFC South. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the next one. That's the one I was thinking of, not AFC North. That's yeah. my bad. <laughs> no, you're good. You were like, what is he I was like, about? wow. I mean, this is some <laughs> strong convictions. I mean, you got you got a whole reality show going on with the Browns right now. Oh, I mean, my gosh. As soon as the Browns have Deshaun Watson back, I'm going to be – they're my least favorite team. <laughs> what a guy. I mean, him and Zach Wilson are probably in the running with uh, 
lowest character in the NFL right now. It's, I mean, I don't think you can put Zach Wilson with this guy. I mean, listen. Deshaun Watson I, had like a hundred girls come out and say that he's. I mean, but oh, listen, man. if the allegations are true and Zach Wilson truly did while he was dating sleep with his best friend's mom, I mean, that's pretty low. That's pretty it's super low. low. I mean, it's so low, but it's not criminal. That's true. It's, it's not. It's not criminal. criminal. It Deshaun not. Watson has been a criminal <laughs> to people, and he is getting rewarded. Yeah, that Zach is Wilson wild. is just a really gross man, but Deshaun Watson is also gross and a criminal. So yeah, I'll give you not, that. It's not the same level, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'll concede. Still, what a dirtbag, both of them. All right, that's super personal. Let's move on to football. <laughs> yeah, well, that said, uh, I will say, going to, to the Ravens, I mean, listen, they're 3-2 and two right now, but I, I'm i a Lamar Jackson fan. I know there's a lot of Lamar Jackson haters, but I'm a fan I just, too. yeah, I, I love his game. I mean, he he's also doing things that Patrick Mahomes is doing in the ways, you know, setting records and just absolutely. Not as good, but yes. <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, where's where's the MVP? Oh, he's got one. Oh, where's the the uh, Super Bowl? The Super the Bowl, one. yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, the listen, playoff victories, the passing touchdowns. The here's the thing. Lamar he is got, great. I, he, I like. He hasn't Lamar got his first contract yet. He hasn't got his first contract yet. All right. Yeah. And so we we got to let him get that, and then really see what he can he can do with uh, some people who say money. he's not a quarterback. He can't throw. Don't watch football. No, yeah, Gabe, it's just listening. it's such a garbage take. It, it it angers me. Gabriel Gomez, if you're listening, Lamar Jackson is a quarterback. All right, no matter <laughs> no matter how you want to cut it, the dude can play QB and he, he can, can play well. Yes. Now he may not be the most accurate. He is definitely NFL level accurate. Like, oh yeah, he's a good quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, and listen, he brings so know, many other things to the table that he absolutely. doesn't absolutely doesn't need to be a pinpoint accurate quarterback. Now, if absolutely. he could get that, it would step his game up, but. For sure. I mean, Already you have so a, high. You have a safety blanket and a stud at tight end like Mark Andrews. I mean, it's it's hard to to make a lot of mistakes, you know. But that said. <laughs> Something in common he's got with Mahomes, too. Right. But that said, he definitely made, made some mistakes this Sunday. I mean. Oof, yeah. Trying a little a bit. One. Trying to be, be a, a little bit too of a superstar in, in some of those moments and obviously cost them. But this whole said, division is kind of a surprise at how – mediocre all the teams are yeah i mean even Bengals. i mean obviously mm-hmm. were super bowl contenders last year and they have just looked absolutely pitiful that their I mean, o-line I feel, yeah, I feel is so my sorry. biggest disappointment i feel so sorry for joe barrow but they redid the whole thing and it's still garbage <laughs> yes and like and I, how does that happen listen i am loving it just because lyle collins is having to eat all the smack <laughs> that he was trying to talk about being Terrence Steele, baby, all the way. I was exactly. 100% on Terrence Steele. 100%. Former Red Raider. Let's go. <laughs> we didn't have to go back into college, all right? Let's just take it for what he is. He's a cowboy now. That's all we got to worry about. He's both. He's two of my favorite teams. He's, <laughs> he's literally one of my favorite players. Yeah, he is. he has stepped up, though. He has definitely stepped up to the plate and has done, done well. But the Bengals, on the other hand, their line absolutely terrible just just unfortunate because i do obviously like joe barrel too and and mixon i mean had some struggles uh through his first few years in the nfl he also and might be able a dirt to put bag. it together yeah that's well you know some people had it coming <laughs> 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 didn't he hit a woman though <laughs> i mean listen, 
Oh, listen, there might have been some some racist comments said to him that led him I to mean, that. So I, I'm obviously I'm not I'm not for any kind of domestic violence, but you know when you <laughs> when you uh, start bringing some of those into it, tempers get hot, and you better better throw those hands up. Yep, exactly. <laughs> what a take! That's on the. I'm gonna put this on the internet. You know that, right? <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I'm all against domestic violence. There's no okay, way. But listen, you throw you throw domestic violence in with ultimately it happening as a result of racist things. I mean, it's hard to fair enough. What were you saying about? I, I just just no, yeah, I mean, relayed your take there. It's just uh, it's just disappointing to see that they're not the team that they were last year. They can't put it all together again and. Because Joe Burrow is an entertaining person on and off the field. And again, mm. Joe Mixon, the struggle that he had over the past few years, and then last year kind of being a breakout year for him and kind of seeing some of the ebbs and flows of his of his season this year. And then just Jamar Chase out there, as well as T. Higgins. I mean, there were some studs last year, still some studs this year. I mean, yeah, they're still they are, they're definitely carrying the team t- with their two yeah. wins, but uh, yeah. That's that three, I think. I think today made. Oh three. yes, yeah, three, five hundred now, but just not uh, what I expected to see from them. Yeah, my biggest surprise is the Steelers' defense. It's just so weird to see them be so bad. Yeah, you know the Steeler name feels like it's a defensive team, and Absolutely. they're just really bad. Absolutely. So they they never. It feels like they never have a chance because they're just never going to stop a, the opponent, and that's just odd. My favorite story is another former Cowboy, Amari Cooper. Uh, I've always been an Amari Cooper like mega fan, I think, because ever since he came to the Cowboys, I felt like Dak was a different quarterback. Mm-hmm. And like he was a big part of that. And for us to trade him for a fifth rounder for no oh reason my gosh, irked yeah. me beyond like I, I was so down on the Cowboys. You could hear it in the other podcasts I had with yeah. we talked about. Yeah. I was just so down on the Cowboys. And I was just so frustrated with the moves we're making. And Amari is going to the Browns and being their number one receiver. And just mm-hmm. he's making plays still. So it's good Absolutely. to see that. I'm glad he's able to show that, hey, you shouldn't have traded me. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the whole thing, you know, with uh, Dallas's front office. They put themselves in the situation where they have to do something that is as ridiculous as that was. You know, a yeah. fifth round pick for him. I mean, that is just absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. There's there's no team that was The Vikings. Gonna- Gave more for Jalen Rager. Exactly, exactly. Just, but that said, I mean, he's having his uh, his his success there, and for what it is, when when Watson gets back, so I'm sure it'll pick up even more. But uh, it's yeah, definitely and then, I, then I'll stop having to root for him. So that'll <laughs> yeah, be a bummer. Exactly. All right, let's actually go to the division that I did mean to say that is super boring. And that's the <laughs> AFC South. Got the Titans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Texans. Biggest disappointment for me is how bad Matt Ryan's been. He had a good game today, but he has just been – I really hoped that he would be able to have that season that he had for Atlanta when they went to the Super Bowl because just just for him, his sake, you know, like for his for legacy, sure. he needs something to happen. Absolutely. And he's just – he's been old. Yeah, Matty Ice is no longer translating to like Matty Clutch. It's translating yeah. to he needs to ice everything because yeah. his, his age is starting to show and he's struggling. But I, I agree. I would like to see him go out on top. And he's a—he's just one of those guys that's been around the NFL for a while, and you know, kind of stayed under the radar, but is able to come up with some of the, the most clutch comebacks, you know, that we've seen, and take a take a team over. That said, he's also one that is known for one of the biggest fumbles <laughs> forever. Yeah, he'll, exactly. he'll be known forever as the uh, twenty-eight so. to three. 
28 to 3. Wow, man, that's tough. Yeah. Glad I'm not a Falcons fan. Absolutely. And I then, agree. And there's not many, many franchises that I've. <laughs> That are worse than the Cowboys, but easy. at least not Whoa, since we've been easy, alive. Easy. Since we've been alive, dude, the Cowboys have been an emotional strain on my life. Again, remember, I am born and bred a Cowboy fan, so I, if I say something, you might not see me again when I when I go back home and visit family. They, they <laughs> might have it in for you me. Can't, you can't say anything <laughs> but positives. That's amazing. Oh gosh, we're talking about the Cowboys, and it's the AFC South. Um, it's hard not to listen. Again, this is just a this is just a division that is not very entertaining. Oh gosh, what else is there even to talk about? The Jaguars are not good. I, I was kind of hoping Trevor Lawrence would have a bounce back uh, year, and he yeah. he's playing way better than he did last year. Yeah, but it's just not really translating to wins. He had a bad game, not this not this week, but last week uh, that really hurt him. So, you know, he's interesting to keep an eye on. That team yeah. is young and. Christian Young, Kirk is living up to his contract. and Absolutely. So. Young and, you know, they have a new coach. They're still trying to figure out their system and all that. I mean, though. The they already look leaps and bounds better. Yeah, the shambles that they are in with Urban Meyer, I mean, is is definitely nothing compared to now where they're at. I mean, it's it's a definitely, obviously, as you can see, a different team, different atmosphere. But there's a lot of work. They're in every done. single game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My biggest surprise might be that the Titans are still at the top after losing A.J. Brown and, you know, still having Tannehill as your quarterback. And uh, Derrick Henry feels like he's on the, the start of his decline. But he's still good, and they're still good somehow. So. That's yeah. kind of a surprise to me. I mean, I guess it can be a reach of a surprise because, again, I mean, the division that they're in. Yeah, I that's mean, a good com- point. What competition do they really have at this point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. They're the most, I guess you could say. Uh, stable. Right. Stable veteran team in that yeah. division. You know, they, they've known who they are. Maybe uh, the biggest surprise should be that the Colts are bad. Yeah. I really thought the Colts would be. I mean, obviously, I didn't think Carson Wentz was the only problem, but. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a large majority of, even though when you watch the games, he was playing pretty well. He was just making those mistakes that were backbreaking mistakes, kind of like I referenced with Sanders for Oklahoma State. Right. Got anything else about the about this boring division? <laughs> I think I'm I'm uh, I'm good there as well. I think uh, we've said all about you can say. Now let's go to the uh, most exciting division and surprisingly maybe the best in football. NFC East. Yes, yes. The got the division. Cowboys, got the Eagles, got the Giants, and got the Commanders. Yep. What a division. What a turnaround of a division from last year being one of the worst. Oh, yeah. Goodness. To be in It's early right still. It is early, but I think everybody around the NFL will definitely tell you that uh, the Eagles, you know, can be the real deal as well as Dallas can actually be a contender for. I won't say necessarily right now a Super Bowl spot, but I will say can actually make a run in the playoffs with the defense they have. And We're going to do this song back, and dance again. Listen, hey, I will say when we came into this, Dak going out the first game, I was ready to tank. I mean, I didn't see any hope with Cooper <laughs> Rush at the helm. I mean, oh, I, was, I was I down was so for the sick count. Of Cooper. But that said, with him coming in, winning four games, I mean, <laughs> and seeing how our defense has played, He's I mean, played what else well. can we do? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm super surprised by that. That would be my biggest surprise: this Cooper Rush not losing football games. Yeah, good for him. I mean, shows why like just being in a system for so long just really helps helps you know what you're doing. Absolutely. My favorite story is actually probably the 
the Brian Robinson story, getting yeah. shot and then coming back so fast. And his entrance was so cool, even though there's yeah. no one in the stands to see it. <laughs> the Commanders I games. It. I loved it. Coming out to Mini Men by Fifty Cent. I mean, what yes. what a what a intro and what what wow. a team. I mean, to like say, hey, listen, we want you, you know, to take this and and and, and run with it. it. Yeah, it yeah. was great. I mean, I loved I loved it. The I mean, on the field, you know, the the TV broadcast does not do it justice. You got to go look at the Commanders uh, Instagram story to, yeah. to really get the behind the scenes and. And see it. I mean, obviously, don't care for the commanders. Don't care for the name commanders. I mean, <laughs> but that said, if there is one thing I enjoyed, it was that uh, entrance and just him in general winning that starting spot, spot and uh, coming out. And obviously, didn't get to do much this Sunday as far as production wise. But I'm looking forward to to going forward, seeing what he's able to do in that backfield. Yep, yep. And I said biggest surprise is Cooper Rush, just because I'm a Cowboy fan. Yeah. But the actual biggest surprise is the Jaylen Giants. Hurts. Oh, the Giants. Okay, the Giants. Yeah. They are five and one. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with the Giants on that. I was going to say Jalen Hurts just because. I mean, he has them at under. This whole record. division is a surprise. Uh, <laughs> You're yes, right. That is that is true. But yeah, the Giants. <laughs> they. I mean, especially with again their head coach change. I mean, Joe Judge. Yeah. I think it, somehow he was able to sneak in there. He wasn't an actual coach. I mean, I don't know how he <laughs> yeah. how he ended up in that position. Dude, what is going on? But yeah, Dabble can coach some football. And uh, listen, for all that the Giants, all that the Giants are, he is a uh, he's an entertaining coach to to hear in his post game and all of his interviews that he gives. Honestly, um, and just see uh, the heart he has for that football team and. And uh, that he really is building something uh, that could be, you know, another, again, strong NFC East as it was in the past. But we'll see. For sure. And then biggest disappointment, Carson Wentz. I, I, he's a weird quarterback because I've always wanted to root for him, but he's always played against teams that I have to hate. Exactly. And when he went to the Colts, I was excited to root for him. And he was a roller coaster of a player. But at least he was a roller coaster for the commanders. I feel like he's just not been very good. Yeah. And I haven't got to watch a lot of Commanders games, but the ones that I have watched, it's just not been impressive at all. And I was singing his praises in the podcast also uh, early just because I picked the deep ball. The deep ball, man. He's so good (laughs) at throwing those. And it it has been non existent in this offense. Yeah. No, not at all. When you have a receiver like Terry McLaurin and you're just not feeding him the ball, I mean, no wonder you're two and five or whatever you are. Like, right. No wonder you're not good. I don't know. It's just it's super frustrating to watch, and it is hard. He's a. Uh, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, he's just a stand up guy, family man. I mean, loves his family, loves loves being able to to give back to the community that he's in, no matter whether that was Philadelphia, whether that was Indianapolis, and now obviously in Washington. I mean, he's always going to do what he can to uh, reach out and help others. And interesting story as well. Carson Wentz actually met his wife on a mission trip in Haiti with an organization called Mission of Hope, which I actually went to a mission trip in Haiti with that same organization. So it was kind of cool to hear that story. Like that's how he met. She was a she was an intern for that Mission of Hope organization. And he went there on a mission trip and that's how they met. So it's a cool story on that hopefully that's a true story that's what i heard yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're like Don't, i'm spitting uh, this out now yeah, i'm like uh yeah. should have fact checked this <laughs> yeah I should, definitely should have fact checked it but uh, i'm pretty <laughs> sure that it is true i mean he's still 
post uh, things about Mission of Hope on his Instagram. So surely there's a reason why he has such surely. a dear connection to it, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, That's just hilarious. a stand-up guy, but it's hard to see that uh, after the injury, coming back from that, he just hasn't been able to play the same. Be an MVP again. Exactly. All right, NFC West. Got the 49ers, the Rams, the Cardinals, and Seahawks. Uh, my favorite story is Geno Smith, him coming back. I remember that West Virginia team, yeah. and I didn't like them that much because we played against them, and it was one of Tech's big, biggest wins uh, when we had uh, old Tuberville. We we beat them when they were ranked like fifth in the nation. We beat them by like 30 points, and ever since then I was not high on Geno Smith. I was like, ah, this guy's not as good as everyone's saying he is. Yeah, Came into the league, really didn't have a good shake of things like – I think he got drafted by, was it the Jets? Yep, the Jets. Yeah, so, I mean, just for him to be able to come back, what his line that everyone's talking about now, the they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of, that's pretty good, actually. It's it, over he, said now. Listen, he stole it from Drake, but <laughs> yeah, he it is did. still good. It is still good. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't think he knew what he was going to say in that moment, honestly. I think it's just like. <laughs> it just came out. Just he listens to out. Drake enough. He was like, you know what? I'm saying it. Yeah. I've always wanted to say it, and it now hilarious. I'm saying it. It was hilarious. I watched that live, and I was just like, whoa, hold on, what? And he was just like so, so unconfident as he said it, but it, it has translated to one of the, the biggest baller statements there has ever been. And I just love how good he's playing, and obviously the team's rallying around him, and I, I don't know. It's just cool to see a veteran quarterback get a second chance. Yeah. And normally people, they get drafted early, and if they don't do well, they're just gone. Right. You know? Right. So it's a cool kind of comeback, I guess. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's definitely one of my my favorite stories about this division as well. Uh, I'd say my biggest disappointment is uh, Trey Lance's injury. I just I hate that for that guy. I hate it for him, but I also think it was necessary, like for the 49ers to really figure out who that they are. I just didn't think that he was ready to come in and be their starter in the sense that, yes, he can play football, but I think they should have stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit longer and allowed Trey Lance to sit because you can obviously tell, you know, that the team is way more comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback than they ever were with Trey Lance. I mean, it just, I felt like they forced him into that position pretty quickly. You think otherwise? You got to know what you got. And they spent a lot for him. For sure. Jimmy Garoppolo was not going to take them over. They've seen how far they can go with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. I think. Trey Lance was I mean, but the they X went, factor. But they went to the Super Bowl with they Jimmy did. Garoppolo. And they think if they had Trey Lance at his peak, they are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know? That's what they think. Otherwise, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have swapped. And the coaches, I think, know better than the than we do. And I just feel like but, I Trey Lance was going to have an opportunity to grow as a starting quarterback. But do they? Did you just say, but do they? <laughs> I mean, I might have said okay, it. Us two guys talking on a podcast, a game designer and a minister, we know better than the guys who are working with them every day. I'm just saying, I am just saying that Listen, I think if you that Trey job, Lance's injury is, is my biggest disappointment because I thought – you get him working into the system well enough. They got weapons around him. That's a good team. Yeah. Trey Lance could could potentially be the X factor for them, and it would have been fun to watch. He could have been like Jalen Hurts this year to me, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of player. Yeah, or maybe I, even better. I mean, I think Trey Lance has a higher ceiling. That now, okay, that is. That I I mean, Jalen Hurts bit. has been great, but Trey Lance has a better arm. He's faster. He's he's just not as mature. J- Jalen Hurts has. 
Which that's the whole, I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, again, you know, go into his maturity. I feel like I hear what you're saying. How do you get mature though? You play the game. I, but, but Hey, you say play the game. What look at your quarterback Mahomes. How, how long did he sit before he actually took over the reins? Was it a year or was it? It was a year. It was a year. I thought he said a a year. No, he said a year. Was it just a year? Okay. Yeah, and he even played a game and threw for like 400 yards, not a touchdown, but okay. still everyone was like, okay, this is the guy, actually. I'll give you that. I thought he, I thought for some reason, I've always had it in my head that he sat longer than, than just a season. But that said, again, Trey Lance did not have the hype, you know, coming out of, I mean, he definitely had hype for sure. He had know, obviously, obviously, coming out of college football, but everybody knew, you know, he got as picked Mahomes higher than in, Mahomes. He got picked higher than Mahomes, but. Yeah. The Mahomes, everybody was saying, is a was a generational talent. I mean, the way that he was. What able to draft act. were you watching? Bro? What do you mean? I mean, that's dude. Why I, when the Chiefs picked Mahomes number ten, <laughs> people were talk, dogging them so much. They're like, this guy out of Texas Tech I'm is saying, not good. He is unproven. He is undisciplined. He no, throws interceptions. Rightly people so. I'm saying them. though, once they once he got into the Chiefs system and people yes. began to see. Is yeah. when people were like, "Oh, this kid can like really play some football." Like, we gotta really pay attention to what's going on here, and obviously, again, what's gonna take place when when Alex Smith is done. But yeah, so that's that. I mean, yes, Trey Lance had the hype coming out of the draft. I, I for some reason, I, I just don't think that they they should have put him in that situation yet. Maybe, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo started to to unfold and it wasn't working out for them put him in and let him take the reins for the rest of the year. Like a Kenny Pickett I just situation. Hate, I just hate that. We'll never know. I, I agree. I agree. But I just didn't think it was going to work for him this season, but we will truly never know. We'll just have to wait until next season to see what he really has. Hopefully he comes back the same. Right. Uh, biggest surprise for me is how bad Arizona's offense has been. It has been boomer bust. And a lot of times it's bust. <laughs> Again, it's not shocking when uh, the new call of duty is getting ready to drop, and that's what Kyler's doing in his uh, downtime. <laughs> that's that's such a cheap shot. I tell you that. I I mean, I enjoy watching Kyler Murray. He's also one that's you know kind of like a Lamar Jackson that a lot of people don't give him enough credit for how good he is. But this season, it has not been a very good look at uh, at his at his talents. He's just struggled wow. so much. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it is not. It is not good. And he has flashes, but yeah, there's sure. just something. There's something going on, obviously, and it sucks because it's probably my third favorite team, just because Kingsbury is the coach, and they have a lot of former Red Raiders. So mm-hmm. I hope they can turn that around. But that's just been super surprising me because I always thought Kyler Murray at least has the talent to keep all the games competitive and keep them close. But it's really been their defense that's helped them stay in games and not their offense. Yeah, for sure. All right, we got the Vikings, Packers, Bears, and Lions. Uh, you got a favorite story, biggest disappointment, surprise. What you got? I mean, favorite story. I don't know if, you know, it's necessarily my favorite story, but it is a, a story that is entertaining. And just to see that uh, Kirk Cousins is at the top of this division <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, uh, that is great. Such a, yeah, it is great. That's I like so- Kirk. He's also corny, but in a more endearing way to me. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, I would say that's probably my favorite story. You got you got one that you're thinking about? Man, I don't. With this division, I guess it might be 
It might be Kirk, but uh, this is another one. I mean, honestly, if I'm a hater, I would say my favorite story is just how bad the Packers are being. No, agree. I'm not an. I am not an Aaron Rodgers fan at all. And he's, no way. He's shape breaking or form. the hearts of Cowboys too many times for me to like him, and he's a weirdo. And yeah. So I, it's just like this it is. It's fun to watch him struggle. Yeah. I can't throw um, him in the same boat as as Zach Wilson or or Deshaun Watson because right. you know he hasn't yeah, done necessarily yeah. those things. But I just think the guy is is just not a team player at times. Like he. <laughs> He, he can just be too too prideful and like I just feel like him and LaFleur have some have some deep deep relationship issues where they just LaFleur is trying but Aaron Rodgers just thinks he is he is too good to, to take any coaching <laughs> from that man I mean I just on the sidelines like seeing their interactions I saw a clip today like live I, I won't say a clip it was live of uh, LaFleur going to him and you know he had the iPad and he was kind of trying to talk him through what they could do to make it happen and bro Aaron Rodgers was just like like looking but you could see that he just was not dismissive. paying attention and, and like he even gave a side eye at one point to a guy standing next to him and was just like kind of smiling. I'm like, bro, this dude has no respect for his coaching staff. Like he, it's just not going to work if, if he continues in this mindset. And this is just me shooting from the hip, kind of trying to figure out what's going on because I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's one, he's one of the best QBs there is, but goodness it i mean you lose to the jets and again give the jets credit they are they are turning that organization around but as said i mean that type of loss really kind of shows that this is not the green bay of old 100 100 percent. uh biggest surprise for me lions offense mm. they're good it's not translating to wins but they're good yeah they, they got weapons good. Yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell, this guy knows how to coach some football, and he loves the game. I mean, obviously, you got the Hard Knocks hard knocks documentary mm-hmm. surrounding them, and, I mean, there's plen- plenty of people who have raved about, about being able to watch it. But that said, they just cannot – make it happen in, in regards to wins. I mean, that was yeah. even the even the thing last season. I mean, they, they came down to so many nail biters last season and it seems to be the same thing this. And I'm like, man, I just I, I want them to be good. Not the biggest Jared Goff fan, but I'm not I'm not necessarily against them for any reason. But I think that they can probably find somebody better, you know, to to step onto the plate. But he hasn't been playing bad again. I mean, he's no, able to score points. That's why I, so I'm surprised. I'm like I, I've never I I feel like Goff got done dirty obviously i think he did like, as well and so i kind of root for him in that sense of like i hope he can help dig the lions out i yeah. think that would be really cool Absolutely. Uh, just be a cool story i don't know if he can do it but the offense has been not the problem you yeah know? so that's kind of kind of fun to see uh lions are kind of just a fun team to root for because of how bad they've been and for sure moving on to nfc south got the buccaneers the saints the falcons and the panthers last division to talk about uh, my favorite story is how bad Baker Mayfield is. Uh, I am a Baker Mayfield hater. Dude's a dude is a, not a fun fun guy. Well, he's kind of a fun guy actually. I love his commercials and stuff. I just I have deep seated uh, hatred for his college days. So I just love watching him fail over and over and over and over. And but, I want I root for him a little bit so that he doesn't lose his job because I love rooting against him so much. It is just. It's okay, so much fun. Let's let's kind of dissect this a little bit, though. Okay. Yeah. Why, why is it though that uh, you hate his college years? What it what, so what's really rooted in that? So he walked on to Texas Tech mm-hmm. because Cliff Kingsbury was there. Exactly. Cliff Kingsbury made him the starter. Right. He got hurt. Cliff Kingsbury put Davis Webb in at the time. Mm-hmm. Davis Webb went off, played really good. Then Mayfield, the next game. Uh, thought he was just going to get his job back, but they split carries or they split time, and mm-hmm. Baker and Davis Webb outplayed Baker Mayfield. 
So then Baker Mayfield quit trash talk tech a lot, then mm. talked about Cliff Kingsbury being a terrible coach and uh, he benched him because he was injured and uh, not because of the things he did. And uh, Baker Mayfield's dad said a lot of trash and it's been a long time. So I don't remember all the stories. I just remember they just talk so much smack about Texas tech. And then he goes to OU and pretends like he's some underdog, some sob story. And then he's playing on this team full of, absolute NFL talent. One of the best lines that OU's ever seen. He's got skill players all around him and he's out there holding his junk, acting like he's the hottest stuff in the world, winning the Heisman because everyone else is carrying his sorry butt. And then when he gets to the pros, then it shows like, Oh, he wasn't, he's good. He's good. He's obviously a good football player, but he's not the number one overall pick. He's not the hot stuff. Joe Burrow is what everyone wanted Baker Mayfield to be. Baker Mayfield is just, He's just not it. But I love watching him not be it. I love it. I love it. All the interceptions he throws, all the, oh, my shoulder hurts now. I, I suck because my shoulder, you know? And I just, oh, that dude gets under my skin. So it, it's been it's been good. And he went to the Panthers to prove everyone wrong, and instead he's just proved everyone right that he's just trash. So, well, so that that is my favorite story. I love that. At Leisure Podcast listeners, you've heard it here. Brett can get fired up when you uh, <laughs> ask him about make Baker Mayfield. So you are welcome. Oh, I already man. knew how he felt about him, but I just wanted everybody <laughs> to really experience how much this man dislikes Baker Mayfield. But I will tell you my job in this moment is to always continue to hype Baker Mayfield up. Listen, yeah. Go ahead and hype him. What, what, what are you going to say? What can man, you say? The man is an entertainer. I mean, listen, <laughs> I just love people. I love players like that, which, again, I will say, dude is absolutely not doing anything that is entertaining in the sense of football, but (laughs) his competitive nature and just the things that come out of his mouth at times, though I will say he has grown a lot in maturity. You can tell on his his post-game interviews, especially after a loss, Uh, but that said, you know, Watching him in college uh, was just such an entertaining thing at OU and seeing the oh, way that, uh, that he treated the other uh, the other teams. The opposing I was teams. simmering. <laughs> I was simmering the whole time. Just blech. But I mean, listen, I'm I'm right there with you. That's that is a real thing, and he's definitely definitely not good. So that could be favorite story or biggest disappointment, depending on who you are. Yeah. Uh, my biggest surprise is probably that the Buccaneers, their record, that they're just a mediocre team right now. Mm-hmm. I guess it shouldn't be surprised because of all the, the Tom Brady stuff that's happening and this yeah. distraction that that is. Yeah. But he's still Tom Brady, and the Buccaneers still have so much talent. It's just really hard to see how they could be a 500 team. So Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, obviously not to get into to his personal life. I mean, that's a, that's all, all things going on behind the scenes that we have no idea about. But I definitely will say I think it has affected his play, you know, whether he would admit it or, or anybody would. I mean, I think it is a real thing that uh, is clearly seen in the way that he's playing football. And yeah. it just doesn't seem like the same, for, for lack of a better term. I don't know if anybody would ever describe Brady as explosive, but uh, <laughs> definitely just not at the level of, of competitiveness that he has Sharp. actually known for. Chris. Exactly. Yeah, just exactly. The line hasn't protected him as well, and he just seems—he kind of seems a little unhinged right now, and he's yeah. screaming a lot more. I don't know. I, I, I hope things are not as bad as everyone makes them out to be. But right. You know. I mean, w- would you say that uh, you would have 
said, hey, just go out on top and he should have stayed retired. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I for agree. sure. But it's it's hard to say that. It's just these guys are just wired so different than the regular person. Absolutely. That it's hard to know what they're going to do. Right. So. Another big disappointment for me is the Marcus Mario Marcus Mariota Kyle Pitts connection. Mm-hmm. Mariota's playing okay, and I I think that he's playing about as we expected. But right. golly, throw it to Kyle Pitts, man! That guy's a monster, and you were just not using him. Yeah, such a such an unfortunate thing. I mean, the hype around Kyle Pitts just like you said, dude is a monster, massive. You know, one of those freak players that you just don't don't get you know in a draft, but every so often. And so that said. It is just unfortunate that we're not being able to see what he really can do in a type of offense. Uh, that said, Atlanta system, as far as coaching and all of that, has kind of been been in shambles over the past couple of years, trying to figure out who that they are and, and who they want to go with in that position. So it's kind of an unfortunate circumstance that Mariota, you know, was traded there and is kind of having to be put through the ringer throughout all of this. I'm glad he's getting a second chance, though. Yeah. And he's I'll not agree. blowing it. He's not blowing it yet. No, definitely not. Kinda- He's just kind of holding him afloat, though. So I was really hoping he'd pop off and, right. you know, like redeem himself and be that Heisman football player. Yeah. Uh, we're about a quarter way through the regular season. So we'll just jump into who our early season leaders for the, the awards are. Uh, we'll start with MVP. Who you got? I mean, I would say right now, MVP, the level of play that he's playing at, I mean, it's probably going to be yours as well. Um, I'm right there with, with Josh Allen. I mean, yeah. It's kind of hard to argue right now with the way that they're playing, as well as looking at the uh, all of the other top teams in the NFL. I mean, he's just playing at such a higher level. You know, obviously Mahomes is up there as well as as far as QB and and being able to take a team and doesn't matter if they lose anybody, they're still going to be an explosive team. But with that being said, I mean Josh Allen, they just beat them, and I mean I think this can be the year that they they make it and they take it all the way. He's just he's just a stud and. I mean, gosh, this dude is just so fun to watch. This just hurdling people, putting his head down, running so, through people, yeah. making some unbelievable throws on the run. I mean, he is just all out a, a freak athlete. Player. Yeah, and just yeah. Su- and such a a great story of his recruiting and and college or his Wyoming lack, his lack thereof of recruiting of a college and the way that he he got the the Wyoming position and all that or the scholarship. And so uh, that, he's definitely my front runner right now for MVP. Yeah, me too. I mean, he's the best player on the best team. And he's one of those – I always used to think that you couldn't teach accuracy. I used to think that that was something that in college, if you had it, then you were going to have it in the pros. And if you mm-hmm. didn't, then you weren't going to have it. But Josh Allen is one of those guys where somehow he was taught accuracy. Like this dude is – He's complete. He's just such a more polished player now than he ever was, even in his first few years. And right. So he's he's fun to watch. And I wanted to pick Pat here. I was going to pick Pat uh, if he won the game today, <laughs> but since he lost, I mean, you got to go with Josh Allen. It was those two guys, one and two, and yeah. I think whoever won was going to be the front runner. And yeah, for he, sure. He outplayed him as much as it hurts me to say. Uh, who you got for offensive player of the year? Offensive player of the year. That's this is one where. You know, it kind of can be up and down uh, trying to figure out who really deserves this. You know, obviously mm-hmm. front runner, you know, for most people is going to be Cooper Cup. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad pick. But but Jalen Hurts can also be uh, in the run for offensive player of the year. I for mean, sure. You know, has an undefeated record right now. Just be a really, really good defense. And so that said, if he's able to really start to uh, – making some big throws and, and showing that, you know, he doesn't have to be so 
reliant on a on a good run or a good run game and i think he can be in the in the talks for that i would say he's not necessarily a sleeper because i definitely think he has definitely awarded some conversations for him to be in it but one that we can definitely pay attention to um and then obviously you got someone like stefan diggs obviously on the on on the best team he's uh doing some some good things and and getting his numbers up there so we'll see what happens with that Hurts even has MVP. He's got MVP talks. Like he could be the MVP. He's playing so good. So. I think he can. Yeah, I don't want to say he just doesn't look as good. Like yes, the eye test, you exactly. see Jalen Hurts play, and you see Josh Allen play, and you see Patrick Mahomes play, and you right. say even he is Lamar Jackson, the worst of the three. You yeah. can put Lamar Jackson up there. I, just, I mean, I yeah. think I think Lamar Jackson has a better chance at winning MVP but than if, like I said, I think Josh Allen's the best player on the best team. Mm-hmm. But right now. The Eagles are the only undefeated team, and they are, and he is a big reason why. So my pick would be Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he is the front runner for a lot of people, but yeah, this year the guy's got 56 receptions through Week Six, it's the most in NFL history, and he's asked to be the offense for the Rams, probably even more than last year, where he set records and was just yeah. amazing. Well, that's where that's where I get the whole front runner thing. I mean, he's coming off a triple crown season. You know, only him yeah. and only him and Calvin Johnson were able to do that and so that said when he's still able to play I guess not fair, necessarily yeah. you know the production level that he was at last season but right again carrying that you know I think it, we, we don't want to put it past him to be the player capable of being a offensive player of the year uh all right and then I bet we have the same guy for defensive player of the year absolutely oh absolutely. Micah Parsons baby Micah freaking keeping us afloat Parsons. What a stud of a player that the so Cowboys got! Watch. Oh my goodness, one of the I, I I think one of the most electric players in the NFL right now. Easily, I mean, listen, put him in the MVP conversation. <laughs> if the Cowboys end up doing anything, yeah. then absolutely. Yeah, I it's, mean, he's single handedly a defense for us. Sometimes, got my goodness. coming into the game today, he had six sacks. Uh, it was lean, which led the NFL. It was tied. He had twenty eight pressures on the season. Average uh, time of two point nineteen seconds to pressure, which ranks first in the league. Like the guy just gets on the quarterback almost immediately. It's, it's so much fun to watch. So much fun. I mean, he has a motor that does not stop. He is just – he is ready to play football, and it doesn't matter what's going on, whether he's injured or not. He's going to play through it, and he is going to go 110% every snap. Just crazy. Crazy. Just awesome. Awesome. I, I hope he wins it. He deserves it. I, I hope hope the season continues the way it is right now for him and just pushes him further. All right, who you got for Offensive Rookie of the Year? Offensive Rookie of the Year. Man, I haven't really given much thought to this one, and so I'm probably going to lean on you know something that we've probably you've you've probably already discussed, and in, in well, I say you've probably discussed, you definitely have talked about it. Uh, but Brees Hall is definitely looking like he rightly been put in that conversation, uh, the way that he's been able to come in and take over, you know, in that starting spot for the uh, for the Jets. The dude can run the ball. You know, because he wasn't a first round pick, right? Uh, no, second round. Yeah, second round pick. He was the first running back off the board, though. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he is coming in, and he is—he's definitely making an impact on that Jets on that Jets team. That offense is so surprising. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, the whole team is, but the offense is just—and he's got 391 rushing, 218 yards receiving, uh, four touchdowns. Like, 
they they had to make him the starter because he's just been playing so well. It was him or Damian Pierce because that guy is the Houston offense right now. Yeah. Yeah, like I haven't his, got to watch preseason hype has carried over into the season. Right. Yeah, I haven't got to watch much Houston football, but I've definitely obviously in fantasy, you know, seen uh, what he's been able to do as far as putting up the numbers. So I think we're both in agreement with Brees Hall. Who you got for defensive rookie of the year? Defensive rookie of the year, I'm pretty sure we're gonna be on the same page too, uh, just because he is such oh, you're a killing me. You're such killing a lockdown. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean what what am I supposed to say when <laughs> <laughs> he, he is playing at the level he's playing at, you know, especially at yeah. the corner position. I mean, yeah, no. Sauce Gardner is just absolutely taking, I won't say it by storm because the hype for him was, was hype. I mean, it was all yeah. up there and he is just showing that he, he is the person who is going to really cause some, some problems for some receivers going through the years. He is. If you have a good corner, it changes the dynamics of an entire team. Absolutely. You know, he's not the quarterback level change to the team. And he might not even be the linebacker edge rusher type that Parsons changed the team. Mm -hmm. But you shut down a half of the football field, it just makes it so hard for a quarterback. Yeah. Like if if you can get two of those guys, you're almost you're almost guaranteed a playoff spot and a likely Super Bowl appearance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's crazy how much a, a corner can make a difference. And he, I mean, the Jets are obviously good for multiple reasons, but he's a big part of it. And uh, opposing quarterbacks have just a 77 passer rating against him this season going into the game today. I bet it's even lower now. Yeah. He's broken up six passes and had an interception and he played really good today. So, I mean, he's just, he's fun to watch. I, I would have picked him. I would have picked him as the first DB off the board. And I know he wasn't. You know, watching him at Cincinnati, he had unreal numbers. Oh, Literally, I, mean, I he never gave up a touchdown. Yeah, that that was that's insane. Was insane. I mean, again, so that said, with that hype coming in, and then it it being able to translate over into the NFL as a rookie. I mean, how can you not have him at the front? You know, he is just yeah. absolutely a stud. And then uh, the next one, I think we'll agree with too. Uh, Coach of the year, it's got to be Brian DeBall, right? Yeah. He's, uh, again, changing that organization, again, from the shambles that it was last year with... Shambles. With the absolute, I mean... They had nothing. Who, again, who who the heck was Joe Judge? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like... I was asking the question, where did this guy come from? There must have been some kind of of New York mafia things going on where they needed to... (laughs) To have some some uh, some games lost, and they were like, "We're gonna put you in this position." Have you ever you, played football before? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you better f up, or else we're gonna take your head. Like, but I mean, I didn't even think that until this year because I thought they didn't have talent. Like, who were the receivers on their team? That's you true. Know? Their line is bad. Daniel Jones always getting under pressure. Daniel Jones is their quarterback, and I for the whole the whole time I've watched him, I'm like, is he good? Is he good? I can't tell. Is he good? Yeah. And I would have said probably no, but this year I'm like, well, maybe. I mean, maybe he just needed a competent coach. Yeah. You know, that does help a quarterback a ton. Absolutely. Uh, so you know, he's just he's got to be coach of the year. The Giants are five and one, and the Giants looked like they had no future. Like no. they just looked stagnant. Like they didn't. They weren't getting good picks. They were just like had no. F- it felt like they had no future. Like, oh yeah, and then, I mean, especially with and then they're they're five and one for the first time since two thousand nine, and 
he just had nothing to work with. I don't know Absolutely. how he's doing this. Well, you know, you get Saquon back, and and that's a huge. You're that's right. A huge that's team. that's how he's doing it. Yeah. yeah, Saquon's back, and he's back to the Saquon that we knew he was going to be coming into the NFL. You know, he yeah. is. He's showing that he is an explosive back, and that he can truly take over a game whenever he wants. Um, that said, biggest disappointment on that team. Kenny Galladay. I mean, what the heck? Oh my gosh. What the heck? Like, oh my goodness. My goodness. And such an unfortunate loss too, because I was excited talking about the Cowboys see, being stupid. Yeah. I was excited to see what uh, Sterling Shepard was, was going to be able to do, but you know, with him going out, it's kind of unfortunate. I know. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, who are their receivers? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty obvious coach of the year so far, quarter way through the season. It'll be interesting to see how it all shapes out. And, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I love college football, uh, but pro football is definitely my second favorite sport to watch. So for sure, I mean, it's just yeah. it's a it's a great time too. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll fantasy even, makes it more fun, and you know, I, I'm it makes it more fun for me. I don't know about you, probably, but yeah, yeah. I'll even put uh, <laughs> Nick Sirianni in that in that whole thing. I mean, obviously undefeated right now. True. He's True. Uh, he's well deserved of some praise there with what he's been able to do. Although he's been there, you know, obviously a couple of years now. And that team has got talent. No, I mean, I mean, you give me AJ Browns, Devontae Smith, that line, Jalen. I mean, yeah, I'll win a few games. Absolutely. Obviously, I won't do as good as Sirianni, but you know, I'm just saying, like, the difference between the team that he has and the team that the Giants have to me is just crazy for them to be so close. Yeah, and I'll say one of my favorite coaches though, Mike McDaniel's. Love that dude. He is just so entertaining to watch in interviews and I I mean I would have put him I don't know I, I would have put him as coach of the year if obviously Tua didn't go out he's what a goofy like, goofy looking dude for goofy looking dude and like his approach to to the way that he does things is just hilarious but I love him I mean he is an entertaining <laughs> he is an entertaining dude he knows how to motivate his team even though he is he is corny. Like, it is just so fun. Okay, so that's a level of corny you like, as long as you're not Russell Wilson. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, it doesn't feel like Mike, McDan- Mike McDaniels is putting on a facade and, and doesn't know who he is. Again, Russell Wilson, I'm not <laughs> sure if he knows exactly who he is. This is just who Mike McDaniels is. This is his personality. This is his character. It's funny because Russ has been doing this a long time. I think this might be who Russ is. Mike McDaniels, he's new to the corny game. Or, well, at least in the national spotlight. Right. I mean, listen, you can say that Russ has been doing this for a while, but I feel like it has taken a, a big leap in the past couple of years with some of the things that he <laughs> – I mean, Mr. Unlimited, like, oh, my goodness. Let, just, let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. Let's ride. Like, he has stepped it up a notch. He can't turn it off. He can't turn it off, man. Yeah. There's they, no... they lose that terrible game, and he's, he says, let's ride at the podium. I'm like, the guy's all in. I love how all in he is. He's like, oh, I, I this I is who it. I am. I hate it. So Look, much. everyone hates it. I, I did hate it, but I'm starting to come around to be like, I hate how much hate he's getting no, for I being know. not the – like other guys deserve hate. I, Richard I mean, Sherman defended Deshaun Watson but hates Russell Wilson. Well, That bothers me. That's okay. the feeling I'm getting from everybody. Okay, and I'm like, okay, we got to stop this. We got to stop whatever this is. Let's unpack that a little bit. The reason why <laughs> Richard Sherman is at that point is because – Russell could have just called an audible at the line in that Super Bowl. Oh, and I know the ball to Marshawn Lynch, 
and Richard Sherman would have been would have been the biggest Russell Wilson fan there ever was. But because he did not do that, it's all. But there's him. some narrative that he audibled like. It, it was clearly the coach's decision. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the coaches owned up to it. So it's like, yeah. it's not even Russell Wilson's fault. Why is he hating Russell Wilson? That's what I'm saying. Even though the coaches made that decision, I guess Richard Sherman thought he should have called an audible and said, screw it, I'm giving this yes. to Marshawn. I mean, clearly something's up because his teammates, his ex-teammates don't like him and his current teammates aren't coming out to defend him. So, yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, DK up loves there, him, though. DK loves that man. Does he? Yeah, DK and Russell, they are, they are so tight. Well, good. There you go. Good. Russell needs a friend because the world <laughs> hates him right now, and I don't know why. Yes, you you do know why. He's a bad quarterback, and everyone's just been waiting for him to be bad now, so they pile on, I guess. And he is the cringiest person there ever is. Who cares? Everyone's cringy. There's so many cringy things that happen. Did you see Mojo moment for Mike McCarthy? I was <laughs> like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> Everything's cringy. People are cringy, and it's fine. I don't know why they hate Russ now. We're going on a tangent. I think we should wrap the show up. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Russell is crazy. We're we're pushing two hours. (laughs) Dude, thanks so much for being on. It was a good time. We'll we'll definitely have to have you on again if you uh, if if this didn't scare you off. But uh, absolutely, got anything? Any last words before we sign off? Last words. Want to plug anything? I won't plug anything, but I will say I am just wanting to give me this self-proclaimed title, also a title that's. I mean, many have also crowd me uh but i am the number one uh gif sender so if you ever need any ideas and you find me across <laughs> social media just let me know and i can i can coach you up to the best that i can the lol jk meme the, the gif <laughs> it it is synonymous with you right oh now. yeah zach galifianakis and due yeah. date oh my goodness that is the jk lol meme that i will always fall back on just so so much greatness in that all right well thanks again man for being on and uh Everyone listening, if you've stuck with us this long, please give us a five-star rating and uh, share and uh, all that stuff. Thanks again for listening, and catch you next time. Later. Later.